and welcome to We Are History. Uh, I'm Angela Barnes. And I'm John O'Farrell. Yay! And um, this week, oh, it's exciting, we are going to be talking about one of the most famous trials in history and I bloody love a good courtroom drama. Tragically, this is not a good courtroom drama because we just don't have the acting skills. <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. But I have read a book. Uh, my book my book reading skills are pretty competent. I'm up to year seven standard now. Um <laughs> and uh, I read a book about a very famous trial called the Scopes Monkey Trial, Summer of the Gods by E.J. Larson. Just to be clear, the Scopes Monkey Trial, this isn't about a monkey that's on trial. No. That's, this isn't Hartlepool in Napoleonic Times. No, that's times. a whole other this podcast. something no. else. It was, because, it was <laughs> yeah. called the Monkey Trial because it was all about uh, evolution. Uh, was man descended from the apes? No, said the law. No. No, said the prosecution. <laughs> yes, said science. And the young teacher put on trial for teaching the scientific truth. So, ah. this is a trial that took place in the USA, of course, in 1925, in the deeply religious state of Tennessee in the South, in the Bible Belt there. And it's a case that pitted religion against science, the individual freedom against the state, and two great national figures against each other in what the press dialed the trial of the century. Dun, dun, dun. So a bit of background on evolution, Angela. Do you want to go back to when? Oh, great! When we, yes, when I can life do this. Forms where, emerged, where do, go do you want to go to or Big Bang? Death of the dinosaurs. No, exactly... <laughs> okay, let's. All right, all right. I'll be sensible. <laughs> let's go. 1859, I think, is where we should start. Charles Darwin publishes Origin of Species. Waterstones Book of the Month, part of a three for two, I think, uh, with the Bible and the English Book of Common Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> he actually he'd written it um, 20 years before, right. but not published it. Partly because of his own Christian values, um, but definitely because he knew of the sort of storm it would cause amongst Victorian Christian society. And I think he only published it in the end because Alfred Wallace was about to essentially publish the same theory. There were lots of different people working on the theory at the same time. Um, Yes, this was a book that had scientific proof setting out the theory of evolution, a thesis that suggested that different species evolved via a theory he dubbed the survival of the fittest. So that's male monkeys looking at female monkeys going, she's well fit, I'll mate with <laughs> exactly, her. Exactly, that's how it is. I think you're paraphrasing Is that Darwin right am I paraphrasing? Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time since you read it, let's be honest. So what you're saying is it's the fittest females, the fittest blokes, all mated, and somehow that's how we got the proboscis yeah, monkey. Yeah, exactly. Is that right? That's weird, isn't it? A monkey with a massive nose like that. And they went, well, that's that's yeah. the result of evolution because the, the other ones didn't have a big well, enough nose. Well, I've been writing about this stuff for my book, John, oh. about something called costly signalling, which is quite... Because Darwin said, little aside here, why not? Yeah. That's what we do, isn't it? Darwin, after he wrote The Origin of Species, he wrote a letter to a, another scientist, to a friend. Yeah. And in the letter, he said, I can't remember the exact quote, but he basically said that the the sight of a peacock makes him sick. Not just because they're cocky bastards, right. but because his own theory, he felt, couldn't explain the peacock's tail because the ornamentation of it and, and the fact it's such a burden... The practicality of it. ...and impractical would mean surely that's a hindrance, right. not a... So why is that an appealing trait because to a look female? At his tail. <laughs> because look at his tail. Well, but this is it. But this is where there's a divide in in evolutionary biology because they believe there's got to be an adaptive reason for everything, and not an aesthetic choice. Right. So um, that's where they came up with the theory of costly signalling. Is that like you've got a nice car? Saying, costly signalling is I've got a Porsche. No, no, no. The opposite, really, because because a Porsche would be signalling I've got lots of right. money. That's a 
that's a positive thing, right? Costly signalling is saying, look at me, I've managed to survive this long despite this. Okay. I've, that's how strong I, I am. That's a, despite I think that's having more this complex hindrance, than it I, is. I think it's just look well, at my exactly. tail. <laughs> Well, there's like, and there's a there's an evolutionary biologist now called Richard O'Prum right. who is um, very much uh, uh, he's promotes the idea of aesthetic evolution, which the Darwinists don't like very much. So there we go. Anyway, I've gone off. Well, on I'm going to go off on a tangent now because a little aside about evolution. Again, this is sort of slightly relevant because the whole survival of the fittest thing got hijacked by right wingers and greedy capitalists, mm. and it got used as a justification for their avarice and selfishness and whatever. Um, yeah. But survival of the fittest isn't about just the strongest. It's about the best fit for yeah. that particular environment. So in giraffes, it's survival of the tallest. In cheetahs, it's survival of the fastest. Yeah. You know, whatever, whoever's most suited surviving and producing offspring. And with humans, mm -hmm. our superpower is our brains. And our ability to... And our ability to work together. Exactly. So yeah. survival of the fittest in humans, we're not talking strongest or biggest. It's not Conor McGregor no. as our evolutionary role model. It's, a, it's Although, John, I'm not going to tell him that. Um, it's the smartest, most humane human. And that should be our aspiration. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, anyway, should we get back on with our anyway, podcast? Let's go back to so, Scopes Monkey Darwin's chat. book caused a right old kerfuffle. They thought, yeah. which is, this is quite funny, they were just so insulted to have it suggested that they were descended from monkeys. It's like, are you calling me mm. a monkey? Are you saying I come from an ape? Are you saying that Queen Victoria is some sort of monkey? <laughs> it was really <laughs> insulting. And there's cartoons yeah. of him as a monkey. And, and in fact, didn't they... Well, I, I mean, I'm getting what I'm about to say now from having watched the film Inherit the Wind, which is based on this yes. story. But they, they basically tried to flip it, didn't they? They said, actually, I think you'll find... That monkeys descended from us. We'll come on to inherit the wind at the end, I think. But there's a great sense that if you tell people they're descended from monkeys, they start to behave like monkeys. Humans right. have descended from heaven, and the monkeys have come from below. The, you know, the evolutionists would have us believe that the, that humans have come from below, but we know they've come from above, from God. Uh, so this was a very controversial book when it came out, Origin of the Species, and it split the church uh, into people who thinking that you know evolution had been uh, part of God's plan. Or those mm -hmm. fundamentalists who went, no, it's all rubbish. There was a real divide. I mean, there was a divide over lots of issues, wasn't there, at that time? The fundamentalists and the modernists yes. in the in a sort of Protestant Presbyterian yes. church in America. But but yeah, the modernists were willing to sort of, as they discovered new things, yeah. to fit them into As they had with Copernicus, you know, as they had with the yeah. discovering that Earth, the sun didn't resolve, revolve around the Earth. They'd had to adjust to that. And this was a new thing that yeah. the modernists were prepared to go with. Yeah. You know, when the Bible said the world was created in six days, that's obviously a metaphor for there is no God. No, not that. No, it's a, it's a metaphor <laughs> no, 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 for the other thing. a much longer time it took to create the world. And sorry about Galileo and the heresy and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it they adapted didn't they say oh, each day represented a million yes, years or yes. something you know you can adapt you can, you can make it say whatever you want but yeah. then as you say the more conservative Christians absolutely refuted Darwin yeah and probably wanted him burnt at the stake as a spawn of Satan so Angela do you think yes. the good people of Tennessee in the southern United <laughs> States in the 1920s would have been those forward thinking Christians or perhaps the more reactionary type of religious fundamentalists who held every word of the Bible to be the literal truth. Hmm, now let me have a little think about this. <laughs> what do I think in southern Tennessee? Yes, in 1925. <laughs> You've got a bit of time. Do you want to phone a friend? Do you want to, do you want to go 50-50? Yeah, I think it's fair to say they were pretty fundamentalists, yes, John. They were. So after the First World War in... Philadelphia, something was formed called the World Christian Fundamentalist Association. That sounds fun, doesn't it? 
barrel of laughs. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? This was a, a part of reaction to the growing acceptance of evolution. Their meetings were a right old piss up. Mm. You know, booze, gambling, strippers. Last one with their clothes still on, <laughs> pace with a nose candy. That's exactly what it was. Like. No, it wasn't like that at all. They were very austere, no. Protestant, you know, churchy people. The sort of people who, you know, mm. helped bring prohibition into this era. Yeah. Which we did a podcast but on. Also, I think it is worth pointing out in, you know, balance and all that. Yeah. They also were vehemently against the First World War. Right. Which is, you know... Well, not all bad. Not all bad, but yeah. I mean, that was a lot to do with America's sort of being independent from Europe also. But mm. the First World War was a big change for America to be, you know, became a global power really after that point. So um, the WCFA, catchy, yeah. um, they lobbied against the teaching of evolution in schools and they had success in Tennessee and they managed to pass something called the Butler Act. Was that named after Reg Varney character and on the buses? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you, Butler. I'll get you, Butler. No one is going to get that under 50. No one. Uh, no. I am the youngest person okay. to get who's going to get that. On the buses. Spike is looking at us like, what are they Our doing? Our producer's like, you know, you guys, you're so old. <laughs> no, I think it was named after Butler, who was a um, member of the Tennessee State Legislature, <laughs> and he'd lobbied for this act. And enter the uh, sort of um, villain or anti-villain of our uh, piece, William Jennings Bryan. This was a great... Yes. A politician of the age who had stood for president uh, three times, never been elected, yep. but he was... And be Secretary of State for Woodrow yes, Wilson, he'd wasn't been, he as he'd well? Yes, he'd been a senior politician, but he was going around the country mm. uh, speaking about the terrible heresy of evolution and whipping mm. up crowds about fundamentalist Christianity. And he thanked the governor of Tennessee for this bill. He said, the Christian parents of the state owe you a debt of gratitude for saving their children from the poisonous influence of an unproven hypothesis. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> wow. that was what they did. They would say, well, there's no proof. There's no proof of um, evolution. Where's your missing link? Where's your half yeah. man, half ape? Apart from all that proof there is about God, eh, Yes, exactly. I know. We're faith. I have faith <laughs> in evolution. In, weirdly, weirdly, a bit of proof had come along at this point in the shape of Piltdown Man, which was a um, skull found in southern England, which later turned out to be a hoax. But at this point, that sort of threw the... Christians onto the back foot. They had found this missing link. If only they'd yeah. known it was a, um, a fake and a, and a hoax. Oh, they could have got a field they day with done, that, not they? they? But anyway, uh, yeah. in response to this Butler Act in Tennessee, the American Civil Liberties Union financed a test case in which John Scopes, this Tennessee high school teacher, agreed to be tried for violating the act. Scopes wasn't even a regular biology teacher. He was the football yeah. coach, wasn't he, who, who did a bit of substitute teaching. He supply teacher. So, so... Yeah. Who is it? Go tell me to head master. So who is it then? What's their name? Miss lets me do that. Yeah. Oh, she lets us do we this. Don't do, she lets us We talk. don't do that on Tuesday, sir. No, no, we... <laughs> but he was like 24 and they were like, will you mm. be the... Um, will you stand trial and be the, the, the test case? Like, yeah, well, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, whatever. It's like, it's the summer. <laughs> Stools down. He must have, he must have, despite not being a biology teacher, he must have believed in the cause to have... yes. Let himself be used for it, obviously. Yeah, very forward-thinking football um, coach, really. It's not my image of football coaches. Yeah. I want to take a stand <laughs> no. against, you know, the state and the government and evolution. He was charged on the 5th of May, 1925, with teaching evolution from a chapter of uh, this textbook, Civic Biology Presented in Problems, 1914. And that described the theory of evolution. That was presented to him in his job as a teacher in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. But then the two sides brought in the biggest legal names in the whole country. So William Jennings Bryan came in for the prosecution. And then on the other side, a very famous lawyer called Clarence Darrow was there for the defence. And this trial was followed on radio transmissions throughout the States. It was right at the birth of radio as a medium. 
Mm. Uh, Brian had been a great orator touring the country, giving lectures to huge audiences. And that's sort of... And it's worth... I mean, we have to remember, you know, we haven't got Netflix then. Like huge crowds would come out to listen to great orators. That was was a a thing thing to really whip up crowds. And actually the radio was in the courtroom for this. And there's a moment where you realise that the gentler radio voice that FDR would employ for his fireside talks, Mm. that became a better means of mass communication than the great orator speaking to a huge crowd and whipping them all up. That was to become a thing of the past. Yeah. So the whole thing was uh, a media circus, really, far more than a serious trial and didn't really have any consequences for the defendant. Yeah, he wasn't going to go to prison or anything, was he? No, no. no. So the case was deliberately brought to bring media attention um, and... Another reason for it being in this particular place was the small town of Dayton. It had been an industrial town, yeah. and I know it, its population had dropped from something like 3,000 to 1,800 yes. or something. So they were desperate for a bit of tourism and recognition. The local foundry had closed down. So the plan for the trial was cooked up by a group of townsmen. Yeah. And, and they were called the drugstore conspiracy. The local drugstore, exactly. The, yeah. This was prohibition. They'd had one soda too many. You know what it's like when you have all these sodas. <laughs> it's weird that these guys sat around at the local drugstore drinking sodas. The soda fountain. Yeah. yeah. But they said, "Look, we're going to challenge this crazy law. It'll bring national attention to our town. They will call it the Dayton Monkey Trial." <laughs> bad luck. Oh. Bad luck, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, John Scopes wanders in, I think, and they said, "Will you? Will you? Have you taught evolution?" He goes, "Oh, I don't know. I might have done. I did do a biology class. Not sure. Right, you'll do." Uh, will you do it? Well, apparently, I the thing I read, they, they sold in the drugstore. He sold a copy of that book. Mm-hmm. They had copies of the book in the drugstore. Okay. So Scopes, they sort of got the book down and was like, have you taught this? Yeah. You know, so I think he was very, le- like, yeah, I've taught that. Right, yeah. It was sure. like a classic 24-year-old. Sure, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. It's whatever. Uh, yeah. And uh, no, yeah. no offence, producer. <laughs> but he, it really was like, oh, that would be an interesting thing to do. But And he'll have a ringside seat. But the, as I say, the trial yeah. uh, uh, attracted these big names from outside the state. Mm, and and thousands of people descended on the town for the trial, right? Yeah. And they only had three hotels. So they were having to put cots in corridors and tents all over the place and extra loos and fresh water purifiers laid on, people letting out their houses. It's like Edinburgh Festival. Just a, like Edinburgh <laughs> yeah. Festival. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just re- but way cheaper. And it wasn't just reporters there, but it was like uh, Christian campaigners sang hymns outside the church and civil liberties mm. campaigners were there. And loads of bored people bored, you know, struggled for entertainment like wow there's something that's interesting happening in our crappy little town well you would wouldn't you if you didn't have a telly yeah. or a, most people probably didn't have a radio at that Quite. point you would if something happening in the street yeah and you could have your yeah, you could, and, you know, it's a circus came to town really so you could have your photo taken with a real chimpanzee you could buy a, a you could buy a drawing of a monkey in a straw boat. Again, in the film, in that in yeah. Her at the Wind film, there's that there's a chimpanzee. You would be able to do this now. Would you just sit in there smoking a fag? It's a great performance <laughs> by the oh chimp. Oh my god! The film was from 1960. Yeah, just yeah. To, but yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really like oh my god. Yes, every major newspaper in town had reporters, you know, struggling to squeeze into the courtroom. And it was boiling mm. hot. It was the temperature was like 100 degrees uh, American temperature, so it's like 38 Celsius. And they were like, sir, sir, can we have this lesson outside? And teacher went, all right, then. And it's like, hang on, the judge says, I'm the judge here, not teacher. The teacher's in the dock. <laughs> so so even so Brian, William Jennings Brian, had arrived in town wearing a tropical pith helmet, you know, to combat the I read that, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. He was a rather large man, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was, so yes. I think a lot of accounts of the trial are 
refer to him sweating they said they're allowed profusely. to take their jackets off it was so hot and it's in mm. the book i read they then compared suspenders which is uh, not an image you want to dwell oh, on. Braces. Braces, <laughs> Oh, I see. I was trying to picture it. I was thinking, they're not quite as Christian as they're making out, these guys. <laughs> yeah, but so July the 7th, 1925, the first day of the trial, all America watching, uh, millions of Americans listening on their radio, reading about it every day in the newspapers. But John Scopes wasn't really in the dock. It was the law itself is what was on trial. Uh, mm-hmm. Indeed, it said some newspapers, civilization itself is on trial here in Tennessee. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe that's where we take a break. I think to so. To burn our copy of Origin of the Species and pray for the soul of Mr. Darwin and his satanic acolytes. Hello, welcome back. Uh, we're talking about the Scopes Monkey Trial from 1925 in Tennessee, USA. So reading through this stuff, you you read about the two sides of this debate and you're fairly clear which side you're on today. Yes, John, I'm a fundamentalist uh, Christian. Well, I would be reading this I stuff think... it was saying, you know, the best, the best-selling school text in the field asserted that man is descended from the apes. And you're going, yes, the Bible is wrong. Man has evolved over millions of years from apes. Yes, and the highest form of man is the white Caucasian. Eh? What? No, what? no. I thought we were on the same side. What are you talking about, you fucking racist? Get over there with the bigots. Well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think this is where fundamentalist Christianity were, had a point. Right. That Darwinism, had, there was a straight line between Charles Darwin and eugenics. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that Darwin, you know, Darwin couldn't have necessarily foreseen well, yes. that it would end, what he his theory would end up with a Holocaust. Yes. However, those ideas were based in social Darwinism. Yes. So it it's not, you know, that Darwinism has been exploited for evil. Yes. And yeah. so in defence of the religious people and the fundamentalists, particularly at this time, yes. remember it's in the 1920s, the rise of fascism across Europe, etc., etc. Yes, et so it's tied up with the idea of trying to promote some sort of master race of superhumans. As you say, the Nazis were into eugenics and so were the KKK. So, yeah, Williams Jennings... Brian, I think is well, I can't say his name. What is wrong with me today? William Jennings Brian. Yes. William, Bill Brian. Bill, oh, Bill Brian. Bill Brian. Brian, just say Brian. Uh, Call him Brian. Oh, Brian. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> right, Brian. Um, he had been sort of pro women's suffrage. He would get against World War One. He was known as the Great Commoner yes. in his politician days because he, you know, if he's sort of supposed um, touch, fight for the working man. Yeah. The motivations for religion against evolution weren't all just conservative. No, I mean, he was saying that this is what the people want. This is what the te- people of Tennessee believe. And why should mm-hmm. they elect their government and the Tennessee Board of Education uh, pay this man's wages? Then he can't teach what the people don't want their kids taught and what the government of Tennessee don't think should be in the school books. So that was his argument. Mm-hmm. That's a slightly more understandable argument, just like you're wrong about evolution. But Tennessee mm. was a very conservative Christian state. So, you know, all the onlookers watching the uh, uh, American Civil Liberties Union come down from the north and uh, uh, into their courtroom and all the pool mm. of jurors, they'd all be with the prosecution. And just to make it even more unfair, the judge allowed a prayer before proceedings and he got the most conservative <laughs> pastor to say this prayer that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. That was basically at the top of the thing. And they all had to go, amen. Well, so I just said to the jury, yeah, so God said, don't let these people tell you yes. any different. Yeah. Speaking of the jury, they, of course, were chosen from a representative pool of local white businessmen. You know what? There wasn't a single... I mean, the whole courtroom was packed 
Uh, they're mostly farmers, actually, but yeah, they're, 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 um, farmers, but they were okay. all white men, as you say. The, whole, yeah. the courtroom was packed with onlookers and uh, reporters, and mm. there wasn't a single woman in the whole building. I mean, even when they called the students <laughs> of um, Scopes's class to give evidence, they only, they only called, they the, only male called students. the boys. So that's a whole other issue that yeah. we've never really thought about before, how women have been discriminated <laughs> against. But I've only just noticed it now, actually. <laughs> Oh, you're so lucky I'm tired. <laughs> I can't be bothered to fight today. <laughs> oh, also, we're on Zoom. So you got, we've got Zoom Plus where Angela can lean out and slap me around the face. So there's a strong sense, isn't there, that the rest of the country's got no right to tell us in the South what we can and can't teach in our yes. schools. Like We don't believe this socialist evolution nonsense. We don't want it taught to our children. You can't tell us yeah. otherwise. And I think it didn't state constitution state law had a lot more yeah. sway than it does now right? i mean what was being tested here was the first amendment of the united states of free speech so that's what the american yeah. civil liberties union were saying this law was unconstitutional and the christians were going no this is uh, within the state's rights in tennessee we'll teach what we want in our schools and we're not having these northern liberals going down and telling us what we can and can't do so there's echoes of the civil war echoes of the division of the whole of america between sort of sophisticated yankees and you know God-fearing Southern Democrats, in fact, in those days. Darrow mm. was the um, the chief counsel for the defence of Scopes. He objected mm -hmm. to these prayers that they had before the trial, and there was a big banner outside the courtroom which said, read your Bible. So as you went in, it was like... He, well, that's what didn't help his case, really, to appear hostile to Christianity in general. Yeah, because that's it's Christianity is just so intrinsically linked with goodness yes. isn't it so, it so to, to criticize it is absolutely it was so their identity in tennessee it's exactly that yeah. their, their whole life was you know around the church and their belief in their their values was all tied up with uh, with very old-fashioned protestant christianity so that, that you yeah. know as i say that their, their defense team's case was that it was unconstitutional and it was against freedom of speech but brian was still pretty confident wasn't he that that under the letter of the law. Oh, oh I've been watching Line of Duty. Yeah. I really enjoyed saying letter of the law then. That's the, the letter, letter of the I law. Can't do the accent. Jesus, the Mary and Joseph and the wee little <laughs> Joseph donkey. Joseph and the wee donkey. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, sorry. Uh, if anyone who's not been watching Line of Duty will wonder what that was about. But, uh, <laughs> They've seen it on Twitter. There isn't anyone who's not been watching Line of Duty. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, so it, he admitted to teaching something he wasn't allowed to teach. But both sides were appealing to wider audiences across the whole country. Like this wasn't just about this one little no. man teaching it in this one school. Yeah. One side was putting evolution on trial, the other was putting religious bigotry and Christian fundamentalism exactly. on trial. Exactly. Everyone knew this was a media circus. So they weren't really bothered yeah. about Scopes. And Scopes sort of got forgotten in the trial. He wasn't asked to give evidence. He was sort of sitting there and they were giving all, all the... Hello! <laughs> Hello, am I still here? But, you know, as yeah. you say, because of the huge issues, these two massive sort of historical intellectual concepts were banging heads in this little town mm. in the southern United States. So on the first day of the trial, a new record was set for 200,000 words sent by Telegraph uh, all over America and all over the world. Wow. There was great interest in this trial in London. The press corps there. The, yeah. The, and there, yeah, there were comments about incredible. it from George Bernard Shaw and from Albert Einstein. It was being watched from all around the world. Wow. And in, in Dayton itself, they loved being the centre of the attention like this. Huge crowds gathered. There was a carnival atmosphere. Extra trains were put mm. on to Chattanooga Choo Choo. Oh, to really blew that joke. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> extra extra trains were put onto Chattanooga. That would be the Chattanooga Choo Choo, yeah. I suppose. Choo Choo, yeah. yeah, Do you know yeah what track I didn't that see that going. Not, is it? Uh, I think it's track twenty nine for that one. I'm not sure. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
And the even I'm. Go- I mean, I know I've heard of the Chattanooga Choo Choo, but track twenty nine over 29. my head, John. Pardon me, boys, at Chattanooga Choo Choo, track twenty nine. Okay, oh, I didn't know what the next line was. Okay, there you go. All right then. I only got as far as "Pardon me, boys." Is that the Chattanooga? It's worth it just to hear me sing. I think if you take nothing else away from this podcast, John singing "Pardon me, boy." Yeah, um, I can't understand what happened to your career in musicals, John. I don't know. No, they put me behind the scenes, tragically. Um, so yes, all the stores there were ca- cashing in with Monkeyville signs, and all their all their you know uh, wow. banners, their windows were monkeys drinking sodas and monkeys wearing human clothes. Brilliant. It, as I say, it was boiling hot. So the judge allowed. First of all, he allowed them. Uh, take off the jackets. Then it moved outside. There was there was, there was so many people in the courtroom. They did go outside during yeah, the lawns. They went outside, and there were three thousand people on the lawns outside, uh, listening to this trial. The, the building, they, there were rumours that the ceiling downstairs was showing cracks. There were so many people in the courtroom, so they went outside. Wow. So yes, in terms of the actual debate, you know, Brian complained. The counsel for the prosecution claimed that the evolutionary theories they advanced had humans not even descended from American monkeys. <laughs> Isn't that outrageous? Old world they're monkeys. Descend, they said we descended from old monkeys, not good old USA monkeys. How insulting <laughs> is that? Famous American monkeys. And like I say, he said, if you tell young people and students they're descended from monkeys, they will start to behave like monkeys, which is probably, you know, fair comment, but they were going to behave like monkeys anyway, I think. Mm. I mean, this whole thing of that, you know, it's insulting to say, you're saying I come from a monkey? You're calling me a monkey? It's like, that was basically the tone of the debate. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, as, yeah. so then Scopes students report the trial. Yeah, only boys, as we said. None of the students actually remembered him teaching evolution, did they? Because he probably hadn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of them said, didn't one of them say, oh, there was something about Tarzan of the Apes? Yeah, he probably just put a video not... on, didn't he? He's probably like, oh, watch <laughs> yeah. this, watch this film. I'm reading my, I'm going to mark some homework. <laughs> I don't think Tarzan of the Apes is quite yeah. Darwinism, yeah. but okay, yeah. fine. No monkeys gave evidence, tragically. <laughs> that would have been good if a monkey had been put on the stand. Um, but then the judge was being really strict about all these experts have been brought down from the north. These uh, expert scientists from Columbia University or whatever, um, great geologists, archaeologists. And um, the judge was so sort of conservative against the uh, defence that he refused to give them all you know, a stand. And so the defence ran out of witnesses. Yeah, he wouldn't allow expert witness, would they? It, no. they? Allow written affidavit, I Yeah, think. exactly. Affidavit, and, and, but not... Yeah. So the defence were in trouble. And it's like, what are we going to do to make our case? But then, a sensational twist, which caught everyone surprised... Darrow, defence witness, called his opponent, Brian, the counsel for the prosecution, to be questioned in the witness stand. They said, Brian has been campaigning for years on religious themes. I'm summoning him as a Bible expert. And then he asked him questions about the earth revolving around the sun. And was Eve really made from Adam's rib? Did Jonah really survive inside a whale? And uh, Mm. his uh, fellow prosecution counsel was objecting to this, demanding to know the legal purpose of Darrow's questioning. But Brian was like, Gauging the effect the session was having, you know, snap this purpose was to cast ridicule on everyone who believes in the Bible. Uh, and then Darrow, with equal vehemence, retorted, we have the purpose of preventing bigots and ignoramuses from controlling the education of the United States. So this was great drama. You've got you know, yeah. a twist in the courtroom drama. Because I think the, the rest of the prosecutors wanted Brian to pull Brian out. Yeah. Right? But he's like, no, I, this is this well, is my cause. So this is my, this is my purpose. Chance. Yeah, this is what I've been so doing around the country, to... giving speeches about this. So I'm going to stand up and defend mm. the Bible in a court of law. Even though I'm the prosecution witness, I will be cross-examined on it. But, you know, yeah. it went on for a couple of hours until eventually the very biased judge ruled it out of order and told the jury should all be struck from the record. 
Uh, and because, as I say, it was outside, it had been watched by a huge crowd. And they were gasping and applauding or booing. Uh, I mean, literally a sentence. It was, yeah. <laughs> and it's what, what both yeah. sides have wanted anyway. But by stopping it, of course, the judge then denies Brian the chance to question his opponent the other way yeah. around, right? So Brian doesn't get to question Darrow on evolution. Yeah, quite. So, yeah, um, so he ended up just giving out statements to journalists. Yeah. As I say, Paul Scopes yeah. never got into the witness stand. He was watching all this and everyone sort of, <laughs> hello, what's happening? We're on trial. So the judge sums up virtually instructing the jury to find him guilty. Yeah. I mean, it was never going to be anything else, was it? And, and which, surprise, surprise, they did. But after eight days of the trial, it took the jury only nine minutes to deliberate. They didn't even get to the room. It was, just, it was too crowded in the room, so they just, oh, just do it in the corridor. They did the corridor, yeah, he's guilty. In and, fact, I think the um, defence sort of uh, conceded that their defendant was guilty. They wanted it to go up to the state mm. Supreme Court and, yeah. and keep making this test case and getting it more publicity. Well, um, because of, technically he was he guilty. He was. He had tin teaching under the law of Tennessee. Scopes was found guilty on the 21st of July and he was ordered by the judge to pay a $100 fine. So watch that fine. That's going to be important later because it was beyond mm. what the judge was legally allowed to impose. Ah. Um, and that's a hundred dollars then is about 1800 pounds now apparently yeah yeah that's the, yeah. yeah i'm surprised it's not more actually but then anyway it was mm. pointed out to the judge that maybe he should let the defendant speak and I, oh god oh yeah him the, the kid yeah oh, the boy about the 24 him. year old yeah i wonder what he was doing here so he says your honor i feel i have been convicted so i might maybe i should try the accent angela do you think oh yeah. yeah go on yeah go on your honor i feel that i have been convicted of violating an undue statute <laughs> that's rubbish <laughs> can't even get the words out your honor he's I... got a mighty deep voice that 24 year old <laughs> he thinks he'd been convicted of violating an unjust statute that's quite a tongue twister i will continue in the future as i have in the past to oppose this law in any way i can any other action would be in violation of my ideal of academic freedom that is to teach the truth as guaranteed in our constitution of personal and religious freedom. I think the fine is unjust. Wow. Uh, so finally he gets his word. Wow. And Brian, the prosecution lawyer, yeah. feels magnanimous, offers to pay Scopes fine himself. Fantastic. And uh, gave Darrow, the defence lawyer, a toy monkey Aww. as a memento. Isn't that nice? They were friends. Yeah, they, they, they knew were, each other. Yeah, I mean, together. they'd been on the they same were... side of lots of other campaigns. But yeah, both sides claim victory here, I think. Yeah, or moral victory. Yes, certainly. yes, sorry. But all the, the monkey cartoons and the mockery had made Tennessee feel a bit patronised and backward. Yes. Um, yeah, and so other states looked unlikely to bring in similar education laws because we, we don't want to look like yeah, them. Yeah, except <laughs> Brian had one more trick up his sleeve that would sway public opinion and win sympathy for his cause. Do you know what he did, Angela? Go on. He dropped dead. Five, what? five days after the trial. It's a brilliant tactic because, you know, everyone, great. everyone felt sorry for him. Genius. And sympathetic to his yeah. cause. And everyone's going, oh, it's because Darrow so cross-examined him in the box, you know, in the witness box in that heat. And he was put on the defence for, uh, he's put on the you know, back foot for two hours and had to defend his beliefs. And they said that Darrow literally crucified him in that courtroom. And it's like, well, not literally, guys. I mean, not literally. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> the word literally there. I mean, you lot should know about the word literally. I know. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't actually <laughs> killed by a thunderbolt from the skies. That would have been too... To, to, yeah. He had a massive stroke and died five days after. But this, obviously the heat and the strain mm. have been too much for the famous prosecutor. I suppose his allies must have thought that his, uh, you know, the Christians must have thought it was God's work. Yeah, yeah, some sort of martyr really for the cause, I suppose. Absolutely. So Dayton then becomes a bit of a centre of faith. Uh, yeah. They've built a 
fundamentalist college um, in Brian's name. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, Scopes wasn't offered was he not? a job at that college. No, he left town and did a geology degree. Ah. So he's in, so yeah. he's inspired to improve himself after watching these brilliant minds battle it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Well, uh, I'm glad Scopes uh, got something out Do of it. Do we know what happened to him in the end? I suppose we he don't He lived really. until, uh, he became a um, mining engineer, I think, uh, or oil engineer ah. or something like that. But I'll come on to him. Um, okay. Uh, the case went to the state Supreme Court, but it was much less dramatic without Brian there, without this national politician there. And um, mm. it was very slow and sort of um, very ponderous, legalistic case. Uh, it took weeks and weeks. Mm. They wanted to keep Darrow out, you know, because he was now sort of slightly tainted with the accusations that he'd killed Brian. Um, but the, technic- yeah. the wrong fine, the technicality of the wrong fine was used when the appeal went to the Supreme Court and they reduced his fine to 50 quid, but they said the prosecution should not stand and the whole matter should be declared null prosecute. And that is Latin. That that's mean? Latin for this is all very embarrassing. Can we forget all about it? <laughs> so what they did was they used the technicality about the fine to cancel the prosecution and that would stop it going up to the US Supreme Court because they didn't want it going up right. north and uh, being debated. Right. So they went, oh, it's the prosecution doesn't stand because the fine was wrong. So forget all about it, guys. Right. So in the end, he was... He was don't think any fine was paid. I think the Civil Liberties Union yeah. were always going to pay his fine anyway. Um, yeah. But, you yeah. know, he left his work and it was a, uh, he was, you know, for the rest of his life, Scopes, what, the monkey trial Scopes, you know, poor bloke, everywhere he went, all the monkey bloke. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, but though, the, so the, though the creationists had technically won, victory was claimed by both sides. But, you know, with the mood swinging back again, similar laws to Tennessee's were enacted across the South, you know, partly in memory yeah. of Brian. Which they probably wouldn't have been if Possibly, yeah. Brian hadn't yeah. dropped dead, yeah. maybe. Um, so, yeah, so the, but the statute stays for a long time. Yeah, well, they did repeal the Butler Act, didn't they, in 1967? 67, that's so late, isn't it? That's so yeah. late. That was the year before the US Supreme Court ruled that these laws broke the First Amendment of free speech. Oh, right. So Scopes did live long enough to see that, didn't he? He died in 1970. That's nice, isn't it? My reading about this made me think that, because watching it, I knew a bit about the monkey trial. I always thought it was like, everyone mm. thought it was ridiculous and it proved how backward the South was. That's not really the history of it. Uh, that perception mm. has changed and greatly influenced by writing, post-war writing, really. So there was... Um, mm. Uh, a play called Inherit the Wind, which was on Broadway for a long time and toured the States. And then that was turned into a film uh, with Spencer Tracy and Gene Kelly, which I watched for this, actually. I think, did you watch it as well, Angela? So did I, yeah, yes. It's quite, it's quite yeah. long, isn't it? I mean, it's quite sort of, you know, yeah. old-fashioned film. But it was a good old courtroom drama. It's all like, Definitely. objection, overruled. Objection, stayed. <laughs> yeah. My, my uh, daughter's uh, friend is doing a legal conversion degree and Lily just keeps texting her with, Objection! Exclamation mark. Sustained. She th- I think Lily thinks that all being a lawyer is involved. Um, but yeah, that. I mean, I think that the film actually in the play did the much to cement the idea that the trial was a moral victory for science. Mm. But I think you know, in reality, I think it was more nuanced than that and complex. Evolutionally, certainly wasn't suddenly taught right across America after the trial. No, and I know with the film, the portrayal of uh, Brian has been criticised because yes. he. You know, it's not as quite as nuanced as Brian himself. Yes, it's a bit simplistic. Was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it wasn't until the Cold War that the American government made a concerted effort to teach evidence-based science. Yeah, so they were worried about... Yeah. Um, to, to stop US graduates falling behind the Soviets. So it's only because they were worried about... Communism. <laughs> you know, not having... Yeah. yeah about... It's mad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And today, in America today, there are still millions who believe the Bible literally 
and believe mm -hmm. Darwinism to be a heretical text. There's a place where some dinosaur prints are next to some human prints, and that's their, you know, they, they say, that, look, this shows that man walked with the dinosaurs and they were all created at the same time by God. I read a statistic that at the now, today, 18, that's one eight percent of Americans believe that human beings were created as human beings by God. You don't believe that, Angela? 18%. Of course I'm I do, I'm not sure John. I can work with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? But that shows you how strong the mm. faith is in the States, much more so than here. I mean, I wonder what that figure is oh, here. Yeah. It must be tiny. It must be tiny because, I mean, there's very little sort of fundamental... Oh, yeah, so the Bible says on the sixth day, God created man and said he should carry guns and uh, had the right to shoot anyone he wanted. <laughs> Open carry. <laughs> um, so there we go. Oh, so well gosh. done, John Scopes, for making that stand. Well done, Darrow. I think we know which side we're on in this debate. I think so. Up with Darwinism, so. down with eugenics. Yes, let's make that clear. Uh, su survival <laughs> of the most humane. That's that's what I want you to take away from this. Humans, that's our superpower. And uh, what a really humane act would be um, to go onto iTunes. Oh, I love that segue. <laughs> See what that's I did? very good. And give us a five star <laughs> review. Yes. Um, that would be lovely. We've had some really nice reviews. Yes, and nice comments it warms on Twitter. my heart reading them. Very Thank nice. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, and that way, our, um, our podcast will go up the evolutionary tree of iTunes and uh, rise yes. to the top. It'll be the survival of the, survival <laughs> of the most recommended thank you for listening everyone we'll be back next week um, see you next week bye